What's up, everybody? Oh, yeah. Tug team in the house. Come on. What are we talking about today? Dude, I got all kind of thoughts. But first, man, so glad that you guys are here. You know, I love our Tug of More team. Me too. We've had a bunch of people uh, reach out over the last couple of weeks with some encouragement, saying that we're so glad we're back after our long summer hiatus. That's and true. asked us a ton of questions. Actually got people saying, hey, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? Thank God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you actually did. Yeah. And it feels like a shift is coming a little yeah, bit yeah. where uh, we've kind of stayed out of some spiritual realms yeah. and where it feels like that's where a lot of questions are coming from. Yeah. And so we can start leaning into some of those things. That's right. Uh, but man, for us, it's a Monday. It's a Monday. It's the end of the day. Yep. We just finished a long day of meetings. Yeah. And uh, dude, uh, my brain's a little bit frazzled. Well, Mondays are like the holy hangover day because Sunday is Ooh. like our weekly Super Bowl. And so because yeah. of our context of church ministry. And so then Monday is like, we got junk to get done. Yeah. To get the ready for the next week. Cause there's a Sunday every week. Yeah. There's a Sunday every seven days. And then Monday <laughs> is just hard because we're trying to recover, but then get junk done. And then by the end of the day, we're like, what? So today, uh, I mean, this is not any, anything leadership applicable at all, no, but it's, it's just, one just of the, bless their it's going to be the highlight of my week. I think is today we're in staff meeting and McKinley, uh, Whitney's daughter got up to go grab something and she comes back to the staff meeting room to the table and I don't know what happened a carpet gremlin grabbed her foot or something and she fell down so hard aggressively hard full body banged on the floor knocked over a chair in front of everybody yeah. and then she yells nobody look at me <laughs> and it was and like I, not the fall so much yes the fall was funny but then the reaction of don't look at me it was like everyone's looking at I, you. I, so in the moment I bit my tongue, but only for like five minutes. <laughs> was it, it wasn't even that long. Three minutes, maybe three to five. Minutes. Maybe I contained my laughter for three minutes, but then after three minutes, I erupted in laughter with tears, tears yeah. streaming down my face. <laughs> so McKinley, if you're watching this, we love you. We love you. I'm sorry, but I'm not that sorry. Cause I'm talking about it right now on well, the internet. She didn't actually get hurt, which is part of why you're no, able I thought to she hit her face on the table, yes, but it which just is part of why in the moment, but I literally was like, are you okay? <laughs> like that is how I said it, which mom of the year I win. But also like she has a good sport because things happen to her like that consistently. And she's I've done that able before. to laugh it off usually. I've epically fall down and done all yeah. kinds of stuff oh, before. Yeah. Dude, it we all laugh. have. Oh man. Okay. So this is a conversation between two friends. Yeah. We are where we, uh, where we are right now in life. And then we know there's some more that God's called us to. And so there's a fight, attention, tug to get there. Yeah. And so our context is ministry. We're pastors at a yeah. local church and uh, have experienced a lot with staff, with volunteers, with trying to grow an organization. So there's been a lot of lessons that we've learned yeah. uh, along the way that we've been fighting into. And right now our staff team uh, is the greatest. We are so incredibly like thankful, grateful, and we're having great conversations together about stepping into more. And one of the unique things about where we are is that we have uh, what we would call our young team and then our younger team. Right. You see what we did there? See what we we did. are the young team. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah we're still on the young team. Uh, but there's a younger team. There is. Those so we essentially are... have the like 40 year olds yep. and the 20 year olds. Yeah. Essentially. And, uh, if and you're like in your thirties, you just don't get to be on the team. Apparently well, right Chris, now. <laughs> Chris is one of our guys and he's like, oh, yeah. and I'm not actually 40 yet. So well, hold hey, on to it. Hey, hold on. <laughs> but Chris is creeping. Yeah. And so he, he doesn't really know where he fits, but like, as we're talking just over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've realized something that I used to struggle with a lot as yeah. a young, young leader. 
and that was leading people that were older than me. Right. How do I, as a 20 something, lead somebody who's older than me? And I remember uh, as a youth pastor trying to develop ministry teams mm -hmm. and we had a guy in the church, his name was Charlie. And uh, he was like, had a good job and had six kids. Oh man. Six kids. So he was definitely older than you when you were in college. <laughs> I didn't have one kid. Right. I had a, a wife. wife. Oh, I had a wife. Had a wife. Okay. I had a wife for like five minutes. Yeah. And now this guy is on my team. Yeah. Right. As a volunteer. And I'm trying to get him to lead our, uh, our, our safety team. Yeah. Safety on Wednesdays. So like, you know, these are like the, uh, mall cops of the like church security guards, but you can't say security because something about the law legal, legal representation. Yeah. And so I'm meeting with him in his house at his table. Wow. With his kids running around, his wife cooking us dinner. His mortgage he pays for. And I'm sitting right. there like, I don't know what the junk I'm doing. I shouldn't <laughs> tell this guy anything. I need advice from you, sir. Right. And I remember that tug of like, mm. how do I lead somebody who's well advanced? Yeah in life over me, but yet God's position to me in this place, in this position, is tough. And then I remember becoming a lead pastor, yeah, like senior leader of uh, the church that we're at now, More Church. And, uh, and there's a guy, I love him, he's still here, his name's D. Lacey, shout out D. He, there's no way he even has YouTube. And so he's just like, what's he YouTube? Might, <laughs> I don't know. Love what's, it does. What's up, D? Yeah. And so I remember thinking like, I am 30, what? Two. No, 34 or five. I, I'm 30 something. When you became lead pastor. I am not allowed right. to be D's pastor. Right. I'm not allowed. He's not going to allow me to be his pastor. Right. I'm not ready to be his pastor. And like, I've had to wrestle through a lot of those thoughts and feelings. No, I think that, you know, the definition of being a leader is just having influence over or, or uh, carrying influence or carrying responsibility over another group of people. And we all find ourselves, especially those of us on the tug team, find ourselves in places of leadership. Maybe it's not in church setting, maybe it's somewhere else. I remember working in cosmetics. Um, because of my personality, naturally, I will take charge. I've been that way since I was six years old, right? Yeah. Like I'll be in charge, I'll lead, and I would get put in these leadership positions. And it wasn't always, it was often that I was the youngest one leading people older than me, but then it was also that the people I was leading had more experience yeah. than me in yeah. places. And I think both of those can lead to really feeling intimidated, like, what can I actually lead these people in? How can I actually offer leadership influence? But the truth is, if you're a leader, you have influence for a reason. And man, we're finding that with our younger team they are called and equipped. I wouldn't trade them for anyone in the world. Correct. They're the best in what they do as well as have the best hearts yeah. in who they are. And yet learning and teaching them, hey, you have all authority to go lead these teams. It's not easy, but it's a necessary step yeah. of leadership that otherwise uh, the area we're leading, it won't be led. It will yeah. just be flailing around. And so what are some things you did to help yourself other than like, we just jump right in. But other than that, what did you do to help yourself feel confident enough to say, hey, I'm gonna lead these people even if they're older than me? Yeah, and so the idea of leading up, it's right. not just older, right? but it's like Influence, leading. Influence, maybe leading they make up. more money, maybe they, yeah. And I think we can get into later in the conversation the idea of like somebody who's not the person in charge, how they hmm. can help oh, lead, yeah. lead up. But I, I had to just identify that, that these people are just people. Right. Like, they just, 
they're just a person who's trying to grow. And uh, I, I heard an illustration once about a, um, it's been a long time, but I'll, I'll, I'll do my best, about a pastor who got called to a um, secular university. And the secular university, they had all their professors together, and they were debating about eternity. Oh, gosh. Right? Right, that's and a it's, big debate. They've got like physicists. Yeah. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, and like he's a he's a yeah. real smart Bill Nye the Science guy. They got all <laughs> these like epic, super mega smart guys, right? And uh, and then they invited this pastor theologian guy, and uh, and so each person got to present as they were talking about time space continuum and eternity and the I don't know right. I don't know, uh, and and so this pastor he got up. And he got a, a piece of chalk and he drew a big circle on the board. And he, then he took the piece of chalk and he drew a line down the very edge of the circle. So made like, not a, like a very tiny piece. Mm -hmm. And he said, I do not know a lot. I don't know about a huge percentage of the circle. I don't know about... And he listed all this like sciencey stuff right. that he didn't know about right. the speed that light travels and the expansion right. of the universe and size of how many white stars dwarf and, stars. Right, right, right. He didn't know about. It. And he said, "But what I do know is I know this little bit." Yeah. And he said, "So I'm going to talk to you from this little bit." Mm. And this this theologian pastor was able to make a major impact on all of these mega brains. Yep. Because he just admitted, "I don't know this." Yep but I do know that. Right. And I think for me, understanding like, you know what, when I was in Charlie's living room at his table or at his table talking to him about starting a safety team for our youth right. ministry, right. he's way smarter than me and made more money and has a bunch of kids and a wife. But in this area of like Wednesday night, youth ministry, how to make a vibe so that kids want to be there. Right. I know more than him. Yep. Because you have a weird mustache, bro. And this was before Top Gun made it right. cool. And so I'm like, so I had to just remember, I'm king of my sliver. Yeah. And when you can remember that you're the king of your sliver, you're not the king. God's the king. Get off the throne. You know what I'm saying? When you can I have ha something to offer. I have, have something to bring when to you this. you have confidence right. in what you do know. Right then dude, it helps. It helps a lot. Absolutely. I think that what can happen in those moments is what you just said. We instead see the other chunk of the pie and we then think, well, they don't even want to be led by me. Yeah. Why would they want to be led by me? And what we've learned over the years is people with the right heart uh, on our team, they are excited to hear what you have to offer. And most people that are older and wiser, they have enough awareness to see, hey, I don't actually know a lot about youth ministry yeah. and kids and teenagers. He had dad perspective and dad context, but you had, uh, you know, leadership from a youth pastor context. And I think it's so important. And so for our team, we're finding that we have to help them see their own confidence in their gifting and who they are, and then allow that to translate into whatever they're leading. And I think it's not just a struggle though for 20 year olds. Yeah. I think it's a struggle for all kinds of people as they're trying to tug into more because if you are a business owner, if you are a parent, if you are leading in a school, like you're always gonna encounter someone who knows more than you 
and who's maybe had more experience than you and often is older than you, and you're still gonna have to figure it out. And we have to fight through that insecurity, which is the big thing. That's what it is. Yeah. Age is just a number. Yeah. Like we don't know their full story, their full life context. And we can't let our insecurity win out and cause us to not step into all the more. No, it's huge. The insecurity piece is, is, is it. I mean, we've had other conversations on yeah. here about insecurity. We did a whole sermon series called Squish the Grasshopper, where we talk about this idea of overcoming and beating right. insecurity uh, in our lives. And one of the ways to help conquer and defeat that insecurity as leaders is to realize, if you believe in God, that God positioned you there. Right. So he put you where you are for a reason to lead the people that you're leading. Yeah. And, and who are you to say that you're not good enough to lead them? Right. Absolutely. You're arguing, you're arguing with God's divine providence, right, over his will and leading of your life to, to think that you're, you're not able and you're not good enough. And uh, so you got to fight that. Well, and life. So if you're leading in an organization, if your boss has put you in that role, they too have affirmed the giftings in your life. Like there are not just, uh, if you are a wife, your husband who's had kids with you has affirmed the role yeah. that you're leading. Like whoever you are, God has affirmed you and so has other people around you. And I think for us in that season of like, in seasons of, of like having to learn how to uh, lead from a different position is like, hey, you got this, bro. Like allow right. yourself to, there's even been times where we've like, okay, here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm going to do. And I think that that is such an important piece of like practice before you go into a space with people. If you're insecure, allow yourself to be confident enough to go into that meeting, into that space. Right. Uh, don't just flail in like, oh, well, they're not going to listen to me anyway, so I'm not prepared. No, be overly prepared and assertive, but be confident in it too, knowing, hey, there's people around me that got my back. That's why they put you in the role. For our staff, that's the thing. It's like, hey, wait a minute. We wouldn't put you in this role if we didn't think you could do it. Yeah. If we didn't think you could lead it, if we didn't think you could lead those people. And so uh, whoever you are, I know being the boss boss is the one place where it's like, well, no one really put me here except me. Yeah. But other than that, uh, man, there's other people around you affirming your giftings and your callings. And even for those who are the boss boss, there's people around you affirming it. So believe in what they say, even if you're struggling to believe in what you believe in and know to be your, for yourself. Yeah, no, it's really good. I'm a say all the words guy. Yeah. And so I have a hard time anywhere if I haven't just said all the words. And something I remember that I've done a handful of times is if I'm leading somebody that I'm a little intimidated mm -hmm. by, that I feel like, uh, who am I to try to give right. direction to them? I just say it. Yeah. I say like, hey, so-and-so, uh, man, I'm really glad that you're here on the team. And I'm a little nervous or insecure and don't think that I have anything to teach you or to tell you. And, and what it does is it really breaks down any of those barriers of Absolutely. conversation. And I've never said that to somebody and had them say, yeah, you're right. You're an idiot. I don't want to be led by you. <laughs> Every time what they've right. ended up saying is, man, thank you so much for saying that. But Tristan, I want you to know, man, I respect you. And like, yeah. I'm here to serve you. And I, I just want to help. Thank you right. for letting me be a part. Most people, I think if they're volunteering or serving or trying to get involved, then they're, then they're going to have a, a good heart. Yeah. The, you hope. Well, and we're talking in the ministry volunteer context. Yeah. If you're, if you're young and just on the job, 
and there's somebody who's older than you, they might not have that attitude. But I think that that uh, you can win people over with love and transparency yeah. and kindness yeah. more than just bowing up and I'm approved to everybody. Because yeah. the guys that try to prove it, you fail. Right. If I tried to prove that I was good enough to lead everybody that I've led, I wouldn't have been good enough to lead half yeah. of them. But I think there are people, uh, I can hear it and I know a couple stories, of people who've experienced uh, leading a team that maybe uh, they're they're in this leadership role, and somebody on the team doesn't necessarily uh, feel like they should be. No, doesn't talk about it. I think that's something that you've experienced. That's something I've definitely right? experienced. So you came on full time staff, yeah, as a female pastor, yeah, without uh, maybe traditional education pathway, yeah. And so, yeah, either I got a bunch of stories of right. people who weren't real thrilled about that with you well, yeah. or, or <laughs> right. your insecurity to kind of like, how do I, how do I lead this? Well, and I think that what we have to do is allow ourselves to go, okay, where in my life have I seen? So you, what you said is so good. Don't flex, but still address. Yeah. So if you've encountered someone, there was a person, uh, years ago that, yeah, was trying to belittle and mock and do some weird things to try to demean the leadership uh, role that I was in. And I just identified it. At first, I didn't really understand what was happening. I just kind of was like, huh. And then I thought, you know what? I can allow this to continue or I can just address it. And if I address it from the right heart in the right way, then maybe I can get them on my team. Otherwise, uh, we're just gonna have conflict and it's not gonna be fun. And the truth is I learned it because it had happened when I was on a volunteer team and someone else that was volunteering with me, I had to go about it with the right heart, with the right kindness, what you said, saying all the words, but not, hey, you're against me, what's going on? Right. But instead saying, hey, I feel this thing here. Am I wrong? Is there something we can talk about? Can we get back on the right path? And you know, in those two, there's two particular circumstances I'm thinking of. Both of those times, that person, uh, different people were like, dang, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I wasn't trying to be that way. Yeah, I'm a little jealous of this because I wish I could do it the way you're doing it. And it really, for at least that season, helped the dynamic between the two of us in order to be able to at least on the leadership front have their respect. And I think the truth is it, I earned their respect in the end of like, oh, this is a person who's not gonna put up with it, mm -hmm. but is still gonna come before me and say, say it with the right uh, heart and the right intentionality. Cause it could have been easy for me to be like, hey, uh, I'm gonna tell Trustin what you're doing. Or right. I could do it that way. I could do it, uh, hey punk, stop it. Like, and be rude. Or just like, hey, can we talk about this? And I think that what happens is we get afraid, especially when people don't always have the right heart, that they're not going to uh, come to the right perspective in the end. But really, they're just usually unaware that they're actually acting the way that they're acting. And so if we'll just give time to like, hey, actually act like this, it, it might actually help the situation. Yeah, the Bible, it says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, yeah. but set an example right. for the believers in speech, conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So if mm. you're young, there's a job that you have, and that's to set a standard 
be an example. Don't be doing a bunch of hood rat stuff. Don't be right. acting like you're 12 if you're 20. Absolutely. Like if you're 20 and you're acting 12, then you ain't going to get any respect. Right. Right. But that we have to put out something in our speech. That's what you're saying. Right. Have a plan. Have a plan. Like if you're a young right. leader, don't just walk in all nilly willy. Like now at this point, I've got enough leadership uh, maturity on me that I don't have to walk into every meeting I have with a printout bullet point. Right, right. But if you're just getting your legs under you, yeah. you've got to have in your speech, have a plan. Then in your conduct, in your life, and how you love one another, right. be kind. You're not coming in flexed up in, in, in faith, like in our context, know the word, right. like understand who God is and in purity that like really the good. Holy spirit will be with you as you're, as you're holy. Don't let anyone look down on you. Do you know who that includes yourself? Yeah. You can't look down on you. If you keep looking Absolutely. down on you, then anybody else is going to look up to you. No, it's so good. You made me think about a time that's not actually associated with the church world at all. But when I first was uh, <clears throat> serving on a makeup artist team, I got paired up with another lady and um, she worked in the store and I worked on the makeup artist team. And in the world of cosmetics, the hierarchy was that I was leading her. And yet she had been at this counter working in this place for 20 years. And like, I'd been doing it six months. What the junk did I know? And I was already intimidated by her because she was super gifted and like had a great clientele, all these things. And I was wanting to learn from her, but I could feel she wasn't really super excited about it. So I tried at first to be kind to her. Well, then one day she like dirty set me up to fail. She like told me, use this stuff on these people, do this thing, do this there. And like dirty, I failed. Like I, and then in the moment in front of the customers, like, I got it. I got it. She doesn't know she's new. Let me do it. And like, totally threw me under the bus. And I'm like, this is exactly what you told me to do is what I'm thinking in my mind. But being a believer that I've been my whole life and like knowing like, Hey, this has got to be hard for her. I remember that I waited until afterward. And I was, I talked to her and I just said, Hey, can I talk to you? Like, that was not cool. I, what you did, but I don't really understand why did I do something wrong? Have I, have I not like been kind and generous to you? Like, is there some way that we can work this out? And she just was like, you're right. And she's a, at this point, 50 year old woman, like cry, starts crying and tells me, I just got so intimidated by you being young and coming in and, and are you going to steal all of my like accolades and all these things. And she was honest with me about it. But from that, we like actually built a friendship. And what you're saying is true that like, had my speech, had my actions not been a godly example, I could have just blown that up. And I, I could have, I could have been like, you totally set me up. I could have told everybody else that she set me up all these things. Cause she knew she did. Uh, but instead it earned respect. And I think so often you looked for an opportunity to have her back and to guard her. Yeah, so often when we're new leaders, we want to prove we're good leaders. Yeah. We want to prove we got it, that we are going to look good, that we're going to not be wrong, that yeah. we got it all figured out. But if we're willing to like take a few punches sometimes or even take a few for the team, something you and I do all the time, like, oh, my bad, my bad, um, we can earn respect and we can end up with an army of people, older, wiser, all that, that really we can learn from. Because what I wanted to do was learn from her. 
But in that moment, I had the opportunity to like, never mind, you're not someone I want to learn from, or let's have a conversation of understanding. And so, um, I mean, there's plenty of times I, I have screwed it up, but that one, I thought of like, yes, when we will actually follow God's word, do what he says, we might just find that we're able to learn from people around us. It's really good. Uh, if we'll just go slow yeah, and not, not let our ego take over, but instead go, okay, God, be with me, Holy Spirit, help me communicate the right way. And let me live out what your word actually says. Yeah, and it, it but it takes time. It, does. it takes time to do that. It does. L- let me ask you a question though. Okay. So like, do you think that that the struggle of being a young leader, of being a young leader around like maybe people that are older, more mature than you, do you think that that the majority of the problem is actually in the head of the young leader instead of in the reality oh, of the older people? I think at least seventy five percent of the time. Like we were just talking today in our staff meeting yeah. and one of our girls on our team, she talked about, she's 20 something. Yeah. She talked about this idea about yeah. how she can be a little intimidated and like, yeah. do I really go out there and who am I? And mm-hmm. how much of that do you think is like a 50 year old lady at the makeup who's being a punk yeah. versus just well. she's overthinking it and nobody's thinking that. Well, it, she, it can go super deep, but it can be based. Yes. I think maybe even 80%. I don't even know, maybe 85%. And some of that is based in our experience with someone else. Mm -hmm. So like in the beginning of working here, I could have taken those seasons of makeup artists and I could have taken those transferred it, uh, experiences and transferred them here. And I probably did a little bit. I probably am not even fully aware of some of the places where I've bowed up. You were too guarded and I was too guarded, assumed worse intent on somebody else. Yeah, exactly. You just said a phrase that we use here all the time that we would assume positive intent, not negative intent. And so I think at least, uh, at least 40% of that noise is from that. Maybe past experiences all the way from being on a playground when we're in kindergarten and somebody not inviting us to their birthday party. And then the other part, the other half of it is our own insecurity that we don't feel good enough. It's what you said. You walk in this guy's house. You had barely just bought your first house. You'd barely been married five minutes. And you look at all of his resume yeah. and you try to compare it to your resume. And I think that's what we do. And so, yeah, for the vast majority of young people, it's this fear of like, I don't feel good enough to be here. I can't believe I'm even doing this. Um, and I, yeah. I, I think there's two sides to the coin. I think some are too eager and too arrogant and think they got it all together. And then others don't. And it just depends on your Golly, personality. Dude, uh, so good. But ask yourself, what side are you leaning on? Yeah. Are you arrogant and think that you hung the moon and that right. you're God's gift to something? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people like that. Or are you just a little insecure and you're right. putting thoughts in somebody's head? Are you drawing thought bubbles over somebody else's head right. that they're not that even they're thinking? they're not even thinking. Remember like in comics? Yeah. Like in the newspaper back in the day, they would have the thought bubble. Yeah, family circus or yeah. yeah, all the different ones. You're, you might be drawing thought bubbles over somebody else's head that they're, they're not they're even they're thinking. They're not even thinking. It's funny. And you, you know, you bring up being a makeup artist. Yes. It's funny. Like the different jobs we had pre-ministry oh, it's ridiculous. are so stereotypical. Of course they are. When you look at us. Yes. Because I, <laughs> I got a job working at Sears selling car parts right and so i remember having that job and uh when the guy interviewed me i was 17 Mm -hmm. but he didn't know how old i was because i've always i could grow a beard at 13. right so like he didn't really ask me or pay attention to the date 
on my birth date. And so they hired me thinking that I was 25 because of how I carried myself. Right. And so I go into this job as a 17 year old, as a sales associate. This is exactly, and, I was and, thinking this earlier. And everybody else who works there as a sales associate is like 40, like right. real adults. Their children would come and visit like in cars, their kids could drive. Like You're like, I gotta go, to, I gotta, history test here yeah like very very weird <laughs> right and i remember the guys in the garage the mechanics were not nice to me at first and i thought the reason that they weren't nice to me was because i was young mm -hmm. and so i had this like chip on my shoulder a little bit about how they thought i was young yeah. you know i had these gym muscles yeah and they had like old man strength and so they mm -hmm. always want to come up and arm wrestle me and like it was just right. kind of a weird dynamic weird dynamic yeah. very dominant like they just weren't with me and uh and i i blamed it on my age mm -hmm. i remember there was a day though that i was there uh w working behind the counter you know dealing with customers i wasn't in the garage i was working with customers mm -hmm. and this guy comes in he wants to return his battery and so he's got a die hard you know car right. battery and i'm like well sir i'm sorry your battery is out of warranty yeah. I see the date right here. You don't got the receipt. Like I can't give you a new battery. This battery is like nine years old. It's right. only warranted for three years or something. Right. And this guy starts arguing with me. And one of the guys in the back who gave me the hardest time, his name was Rick. And Rick is standing like behind the counter, listening to this whole yeah. thing. And this guy starts getting, the customer starts getting loud at me. And I'm like, sir, I, I'm not, I, you don't need to get a manager. My manager's gonna tell you the same thing. Yeah. We're not gonna return your battery. Your battery is nine years old. Yeah. This is the date it's right here. Look at this. So I'm kind of standing up to this guy, and this guy, this customer, picked his battery up and threw it at me. Whoa. I'm from Flint. Yeah. Like, they do stuff different in Flint than they do <laughs> in a lot of places. And it's 20 years ago. And it's 20 years ago. Yeah. So this guy mm -hmm. throws this battery at right. me, and Rick, this guy who has been so mean to me, about killed that dude yeah. on the showroom of the Sears yeah. floor. Grabbed him, drug him out, right. cursed him out in the parking lot, threw him against his car, and he came back in and I thought Rick was about to yell at me. Hmm. I thought, dude, I'm about to get killed. Like Rick yeah. is gonna be so mad. Why didn't you just return the guy's battery? Right. But he was he said something he said all the cuss words, but yeah. he said something along the lines of good job at holding the line. Yeah. That's the policy. Yeah. You did the right thing. Right. Good job. And he like shook my hand. And in that moment, everything changed for me at that job. Yeah. Why? It had nothing to do with my age, but it had to do with them just seeing if I was going to do a good job. Mm -hmm. Is he going to do the right thing? Yep. Or is this kid just some weak punk? Yep. And so like maybe, really maybe you're thinking that you're too young and that's the problem. No, maybe the people that are still watching you with a little bit of side eye are just waiting to see if you're really committed. Yeah. Are you really are committed? You gonna, are you going to fight? Right. Or are you going to bend? Are you going to buckle under the pressure? Are you going to buckle under the pressure? Good grief. Like when Rick saw I was ready, I mean, I wasn't going to get in a fight with this dude over the battery. Right. But it was verbally turning very aggressive. Yeah. And I wasn't going to back down until the point this dude threw a car battery at me and I still held my line. Yeah. You've got to do what you're called to do. Yep. And if there are any naysayers, they're going to come around. Yes. We, we had a guy that was anti women in ministry. That's true. And he Which was not, few of them. <laughs> he was not pro pastor right. Whitney. Right. And, uh, and he had said some stuff to me about it. Yeah. Um, but he sat under it 
and he heard what I said and he reread the Bible and understood our perspective of it. And he came up to you right two years probably after you were in that position and he said something like hey i was wrong i wasn't with you at first i wasn't with you at first but now i am it was it was after your first sermon you preached maybe or maybe it was a combo of sermons i had preached and then meetings we had been in together yeah where i'd had to lead even in the midst of some disagreements because this person was also opinionated obviously Yeah. Yeah, yeah and me being able to be like this is why we're doing what we're doing. These are the decisions we made. This is the steps we took to come to this decision. He was like, oh, he was like, I see that you actually are called for this spot. I see you're a leader. Yeah. And so like, listen, man, if you're young and look young and don't have a ton of experience, it's not that those older people are jerks. Right. It's that they're just kind of like, is this person going to really do it? Right. So and like they've seen when a lot of people come and go in their they've life. They've seen a lot of people come and go. Yeah. And so when the going gets tough, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to back down it's and lay really down? Good. And are you going to be young? Yeah. When it gets hard, are you going to act 12? Golly. Or are you going to lead? And are you going to lead like you're 30, even yeah. though you're only 21? I worked at a dentist office as well. And I remember the first two months, uh, man, they put me through what I would call now uh, hazing. But it was actually just hey, this lady came in, they hired her for this job, and like, we've all been here a long time, and who in the world does she think she is? And she never worked at a dentist office before, but they didn't hire me to do dental things, they hired me to do leadership things. (laughs) And they were not happy about it. And there were just silly things. Like, I was suddenly like, oh, one day it was like, why is Whitney parked in this parking spot? There were no signs on parking spots, but suddenly it became an issue. There were these silly, silly things that they would do. But it was them trying to like flex and see, is she gonna cry in the bathroom? Yeah. Or is she gonna be able to hold her own? Is she actually worth her salt? And I can remember being in some situations with, yeah, with patients where it was like, now wait a minute, I got their back. And once I had their back, yeah. by the time I left that job, the employees that I worked with were like, don't go. Yeah. We were buddies by then. But in the beginning, they, yeah, they'd seen a lot of people, what I later found out, go and rotate through that position and it had been more like a princess spot before yeah and i was one that was willing to get my hands dirty and roll my sleeves up with them and go no let's lead together and so like don't let other people's initial first impression yeah first impressions are everything it's important but sometimes it's wrong and like what you said they're just going from what they've seen before yeah so stick to your guns know who you are and and the truth is 90 percent of people are not upset by being led by you. They're excited. Like you said, Charlie was excited to yeah. get to serve on the team. Yeah. And we have to go into it assuming positive intent, but then being prepared for the times that we have negative response. Yeah. And I think that's when we go into it that way, then we don't go in with our fists up. Yeah, it's really we good. We go in ready to we've, lead. We've done a podcast on self-awareness. We've done a bunch of conversations. Okay. Have we done one specifically? I think so, yeah. Maybe we can tag one. I don't know. Yeah. Whoosh, whoosh. I don't know. We can tag one on self-awareness. Yes. Um, but being self-aware of like where you are and what Absolutely. you actually know is important. Yeah, because like, I think... Like I'm... I did not ever talk about parenting right. from the pulpit until I had a kid that was five. Right. right. And I still barely feel like I'm even allowed Right. To get real deep into some of this stuff. And so like, 
You got to speak you, to ha- it. You have to admit if you don't have that life experience. Right. You have to speak to it because there is the other side of the coin of people on the tug team who might go into it like entitled to the position, entitled to it. And I know you don't like to. I started, Rachel gave me some face lotion. It's ridiculous. If you're, if you're only listening, then you're not going to experience the, gonna the, think this the, the shininess, the, the shininess of my face. It's Easton's my face shiny. real shiny. No. He said, he said, I don't know. She gave me some lotion. She said, trust me, you're getting old. She said, you're getting old. You need to start using some face. What does she say? Face cream. Yes. You need to have a a system. What is it called? Yeah. You have to have a beauty routine or like a a, regimen. A regimen. Well, so she buys me some cream to put on my face. I don't know how much to put on. So I do what I do. I gloop it on and I put it on my face. You're a 40 year old man. You've got to wear some and moisturizer. So, well, today's the first day I've ever worn moisturizer in my whole Put life. Put it in the chat. Who actually wears men? I think men don't get like a beauty routine. The no, I don't got no do. beauty routine. But they need to. I use, I use. Oil of Olay. Hertz Plus. Oh, come on. <laughs> and I use, well, and I use. Uh, what is it? I use uh, the same company I buy my deodorant from has body wash. And you just buy it in a package. Is it Axe? No, okay, it's the it. red Old Spice. Old Spice. <laughs> so I got some sure Old Spice body old soap spice is a little better. and Old Spice deodorant, and they come in a pack. Oh, and so Rachel was like, don't buddy me. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Rachel was like, you got to put some lotion on your face. So I, I feel like. I am about to bring him some eye cream, and it's going to change his life. So I feel like if you're watching today and I look extra, um, shiny you do not look sh- i told him he looked radiant I this feel, morning I, feel, I will admit i i couldn't i noticed i it, feel shiny but in a good way i noticed it sorry what are we talking about i don't remember oh, i touched my face and i felt that some people i felt like it feels like i got vaseline all over my face some people struggle leading up because they're insecure or intimidated other people struggle oh, self-awareness leading up because of their self-awareness okay. meter is off and they're actually too arrogant and this is not what you and i have struggled with but now that we well, lead younger anymore. people, yeah. oh, did you once? I don't it, think you did. I, I don't think know. you probably, I don't know, maybe. In some you did. things. Maybe. Uh, and so, like, there's also, as we've now uh, been leading younger people, recognize some people think they got it. And if you go in and act in that way and not willing to receive input, you're not going to have a good time leading people up either. Man, you got you to know what you don't know. Right. Know what you don't know. We had a guy, God, I don't know if I should know. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. We had a guy on our team, and a part of his responsibility was to mow the lawn. Yeah. Part of his responsibility I was to mow. I know what you're going to say. Go. Part of his responsibility was to mow the lawn. Well, okay. The dude had never driven this kind of tractor before, lawnmower thing before, zero turn. Right. And he got it stuck in the ditch. Yeah. Now, a couple weeks previous to this, we had one of the men in the church go out there to give him the tutorial. Right. To, 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 tutorial, you're tutorial correct. of how to work the mower and the thing and yeah. where not to go and don't drive in this ditch. Right. And the dude, won, he didn't want to hear nothing. Right. He didn't want to sit there and listen to this other man's wisdom of what ditches to go in and how, what gear and how high the deck on the mower needs right. to be. He didn't want to hear nothing because I'm a man. I'm a man. Right. You're, you're not a, you've never, you, you, you're a man because of Why? You're a man because you experienced puberty. Why are you a man? You, you've never, you don't know what you're doing as far as it comes to like this kind of mechanical stuff. So the dude goes out there, gets the mower stuck all up in the ditch, 
but then doesn't call anybody and then gets the, the church work truck and puts a chain on and puts his wife in the thing, has her yanking on <laughs> it, gets the church truck, t- truck stuck in the mud, yeah. put a bunch of ruts everywhere. It's really good. Put a bunch of ruts right. all over the place. Mud's thrown, thrown all over the place. You know what we have to do now? Call a man. <laughs> Eastern sort of laughing. I'm just saying, I'm saying like you could have saved yourself headache, embarrassment, a mess, money, broke, broke the mower time, deck, bent energy, the, bent the blades all up, frustration. If you could have just had a little bit of self awareness. Come on. Yeah, don't get stuck in the mud. There's no reason to get stuck in the mud when you have people on your team that do have experience. Because what you said, that story is so good about the and circle. I, dude, I love this dude. Right. I love him with my whole heart. And it's not, I know that I'm kind of like being a punk about it, but like, it's not. No, it was a great learning the, experience. The only, the only goal was to help, yeah. not to hurt. Right. But if every time you observe help as someone hurting you. Right. Then you have to learn lessons by getting stuck in ditches. Right. The reason that wisdom exists is so to help you not get stuck in ditches. That guy, the story you told at the beginning, the, the pie circle. What yeah. he had to be willing to do is go, okay, I've, I know this much, yeah. but I understand that there are people in this room who know all these other pieces. And if we want to complete the pie, whatever the goal is, whatever we're leading, whatever we're, we're leading because we're trying to get something done. We're trying yeah. to accomplish something more. And if we want to do that, we have to receive input. Even if we're the leader, you, that's why you're great at this. You are leading it. And at the end of the day, you have to make the final call, but you're always bringing input in from other places and other people that allows wisdom that, of what we don't know. We sit all the time, we don't know what we're doing. And that's not to be um, condescending of ourselves, but to say, hey, there's a lot we don't know. So we're gonna learn what we can and make the right best decision, but, but we're gonna allow input because otherwise we're gonna get stuck in the mud. It's such a great analogy. Don't get stuck in the mud. Yeah, don't get stuck in the mud. God's called you something big. He has something great for you. I've yes. got a bunch of other thoughts. I think we just do another podcast. We, I, we've received a handful of questions. What, I'm going to write it down so we don't forget. Okay. How <laughs> long have it? we been going, Easton? Oh, yeah. Let's wrap this puppy up. Okay, go. So we've received a number of questions. Maybe we can do it for our next episode. What? About people who are not the senior pastor, the lead CEO, president of an organization. How do they lead from a secondary chair? Yeah. I've got so many questions from people that have said, I don't have a pastor who blank. Okay. Who's a visionary, who's doing this, who's taking ground, who's advancing. How do I affect change when the leader that I'm under is not doing what I think they should do? Yeah. You can do a lot of things to help affect change. Absolutely. And there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. Correct. So yeah, I think we just talk about the next Yeah, no, that's a great one. Uh, Yes, okay, we love y'all. We are super grateful for your input. In fact, the fact that we're able to keep doing these is because you give us your thoughts, your opinions. And so like, don't stop commenting just because we said, oh, we got a lot. Keep going because uh, man, we're already, we're utilizing this tool for our own team to help us grow. And we we had the greatest conversation just two hours ago because of, of, just trying to step into more. Our staff, so, our staff listens to the tug more already. Yeah. We really do it a big piece for them. Yeah. But we had everybody intentionally listen through, um, leadership presence, leadership presence. If yeah. you haven't lit it, listened to it, go, if you're a leader, yeah. go and listen to it. And due to us, the greatest conversation with our staff for all of them to affect their leadership presence. Right. So here's what will help us like 
right now, hit the like button. Comment, share, comment subscribe. What comment means <laughs> is say, what's up, y'all? Right. Share it Send and subscribe. Yeah. Hit the subscribe, you know? Yeah. Mr. Beast has 100 million subscribers. We have... <laughs> We have like 32, less than a hundred. Yeah. So let's <laughs> do that. Good. Let's break that. Let's know. break we that. Have, let's yeah. break some barriers. Yeah. Go, go like tag, share, follow. We love you guys. Love y'all. Keep talking into more. See you next time.